Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Today I want to shift you into this, these verses of scripture. And again, I want you almost like a university student in a university class. I want you to know and become very familiar with 1 Samuel 30 because I'm going to be extracting everything out of it that I can. I know some of you think I have already squeezed the sponge enough and got enough out of it. But I'm telling you, every time I get with the Lord, he keeps telling me something else. All right. And then there's some parts that I've said before that I need to say again because many times when we're changing we think we need to hear some things one time but don't you know that when the doctor gives you medicine that he gives you a prescription and he tells you you're gonna have to keep taking this if you're going to get better you can't just take it when you just immediately start feeling better after a few doses you got to keep taking it until its entirety and so the medicine can do what it's been designed to do. I feel the same way with this assignment out of 1 Samuel 30, but declare to somebody there's more in you. Now I want you to understand that we have read these verses and hopefully many of you have a history already concerning these verses. But one of the main points I must start out with here, we see David being raided at Ziglag. They take everything, all the wives, the children, their stuff, but the devil doesn't stick, kill anyone. He re retains all their stuff and everybody's upset with David to the point they want to stone him. When we look at this story, we get excited about the prayer life that we'll get to in a second, that when David prays, God tells him he will recover all. Many times when we focus on that message, on the message of David praying and recover all, we get excited, but we even miss why David is in this predicament. I want you to understand that while David is a great leader, and we read this, uh, his history, he's a great leader, but yet David is not without mistakes. David is not without mistakes. I want you to understand that, that the primary reason that uh, the people of God and the camp of Israel is raided at Ziklag is because David made a mistake. Uh, we'll like to skip over uh, to chapter 29 and get to what God said in chapter 30. That's how we do with many people's lives. We just try to skip over how we got to where we are in the first place. But David made mistakes, say mistakes. Yeah, mistakes, mishaps, and mismanagement. Actually, David, when he's returning to Ziglag, he is coming from joining the forces with the Philistines. Now, if you know anybody think about Sunday school, if you know anything about your Bible, you ought to remember that David has no business joining forces with the Philistines. Don't you remember that the only reason he became an apprentice in that king's castle is because he went to fight Goliath who was the champion of the Philistines? What is going on now in the life of David that the people he once defeated, he is now allies with? He is now on their side. What is going on in the life of David? Let me tell you, there are times in your life, even after God's been good to you. 
Oh, y'all gonna have to be real to be to understand this message. Even after God's been good to you, you made some mistakes like God ain't never been good to you. After God's been merciful to you, opened doors for you, gave you favor, blessed you with a job like you never could imagine, blessed you in relationships like you couldn't imagine. There are times in the life of people that even after God's been good to us, we lose sight of his goodness. David has lost sight of God's goodness. So much so that he's so frustrated about life because life at this moment, he's under real pressure. He's on the journey from moving from being a shepherd boy as an apprentice unto Saul. Prophecy is on his life, but he's going through the process. And then going through the process, King Saul is trying to kill him with a javelin. King Saul is trying to stab him in the back. Imagine you rescue a King Saul from the fight of Goliath. He's training you now to be the king he doesn't really know it he's training you to be the king and then Saul's eyes gets open and when Saul's eyes get open he recognizes that the kingly anointing is not on him anymore it's on David and now when Saul recognizes that Saul don't like the person he's teaching anymore have you ever been hired by somebody and then sooner or later the person who hired you don't like you no more the person who you thought was on your side done switch sides and all of a sudden they really ain't fond of you anymore David is under real pressure to get to this prophecy and he really is trying to ask God God what's going on now have you ever been confused in your process God you sent me here you sent me here. How could I be going through this? I know you blessed me with this job. I know you blessed me. How could I be experiencing all this, all this going on and you sent me here? David is under real pressure, guys. And as David is under real pressure, he decides, I'm going to show the Philistines that, you know, I'm really on their side. You know, that's that we're we, we gonna come to a, a, a understanding that uh, 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 what I did with, with Goliath, you know, y'all ain't got to worry about me bothering y'all anymore. Let's get an understanding. I'm at a, a place right now in my life that David is actually neutralizing who he really is, he's becoming neutral. He's saying, You know, I'm just I, I don't want to be dealing with all these uh, situations where I found out. People don't like me like I thought they did. You know, I'm not, I don't really want to stand out as much as I've been standing out. So I'm going to get in the middle of this thing, you know, and I'm going to show you I can be a real good guy. And you don't have to worry about me. Some of us have gotten pushed into the middle that we have neutralized who we really are because somebody didn't like us because somebody and pressure done came to our lives. And because pressure has come to our lives, we can't handle no trouble. We can't handle nobody talking about us. We can't handle nobody saying nothing about us we can't handle no rumors and no people bickering about us and we just want it all to stop we want it to stop so bad that we'll stop doing what's been working David says I want to join y'all forces and help y'all fight your enemies the Philistines are considerate man this is a man this man is a warrior as they invite David in the camp of the Philistines are still uneasy 
they're uneasy because they keep saying, doesn't he have a reputation of wiping us out? Isn't this the man that they said Saul chased his thousands, but David chases tens and hundreds of thousands? They're still uneasy about it. They don't know if David is trying to set them up for the okie doke. They don't know if David is on some type of spy campaign that he's going to get inside the Philistine army and once he get in there, find out all their secrets and then destroy everybody. They don't trust him. They say, we don't know because every time we see David work with God, God gives them victory and we are not sure that we can trust David in our camp David is doing everything to show them I'm really not that serious for God anymore I'm really not that sold out anymore I've been watered down I've been so pressured I'm telling y'all I don't want to stand anymore I'm tired of going through prophecy and the processes of it I don't want any of it anymore I'm just gonna get in the middle I can get along with anybody I can hang with anybody I'm telling y'all David's trying to convey to them that he's really not who they believe he is and they keep saying man I know what he's saying but we saw how God supports him and I'm telling y'all y'all better not trust this David David is in a place that he don't, is not sure how to get to this prophecy so he decided to join the Philistine army and when he signed the Philistine army they decided no David no David no, 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 David, you got to go back. We don't want you. We don't want you. See, it's bad when you call yourself living for the world and the world can point you out. And people start telling you, ain't you saved? Oh, don't you got a call on your life? Aren't you missionary so-and-so daughter? Don't you, don't you got a problem? You look different. I know you hanging with us, but you don't sound like us. David had did all he could to fit in with everybody else. But even when he tried to fit in, he stuck out. Even when he tried to lose his morals and his standards, he still had something in him that said, I'm different. Tell somebody I'm different. And David makes this mistake and he tries to fight with the Philistines. And while he is off task, while he is overwhelmed by the emotions of what he's facing, it's when the enemy comes. He left his people unguarded. He left his house unguarded. He left his destiny unguarded. You better be careful. The devil will lure you into things you ain't supposed to be into. The devil will pull you away from the assignment of God. Pull you away from what God told you to do. And while you away, being new neutralized by your emotions and the perspective of everybody the enemy is taking your stuff while you are distracted while you're distracted in life the enemy is bothering your children you don't even have a clue what the devil is taking because you're distracted by wrong priorities when David gets back all his stuff is gone all his stuff is gone. What is it like when you don't mismanage a season? And when you come to realization, the devil don't took your stuff. The devil don't took your time. The devil don't took your energy. It ain't nothing like anguish when you don't work from ground 
up to build something and overnight the devil done took your stuff oh it ain't nothing like the internal anguish that one can face when you know you've been doing good and God's on your side but you don't got distracted tell somebody don't let distraction make it think it's lightly we think distraction is a light thing but distraction can cost you everything distraction can cost you major opportunities David was distracted came back and here it is he recognizes that the devil has taken everything while he was deciding if he was going to be neutral and, and fight with the Philistines, the Amalekites, another enemy, came and took all his stuff. The people decide that David's mistakes are too much to handle. This is a lesson sometime on what do you do when you make the mistake and handle everyone else. How do you get yourself together when everybody else is mad with you? David has made a mistake and David tries to rationalize with these people who are hurt. You got to understand David has, they are hurt. They're saying, David, how could you let this thing happen? We were following you and now we've lost everything. Now these people are trying to wonder what they're going to do here. And David says, well, one of the things I know how to do, I'm going to cry with you. So David cried with them. After he finished crying with them, he dried his eyes and thought everything was okay. They were still mad. Let me tell you something. When people get real angry with you, when somebody's upset with you, you can think because you're crying with them, it solves everything. But when they say you're the one that caused the pain, you crying with them don't solve everything. And so David recognizes that in this situation, the best thing I can do is get myself together. So what David learns is this, and this is what I got to teach you as a part of um, uh, um, there's, more, um, there's more in you. David recognizes that sometimes when you hurt people, it takes time for them to get healed. But what do you do while they're healing? The worst thing you can do if you have hurt somebody and they are healing, the worst thing you can do is not heal. Because one of the tricks of the enemy is that many times that while the person is hurt and you um, are waiting for their healing, if you're not careful and you just start feeling so terrible about yourself, telling yourself that you ain't worth nothing, you ain't good for nothing. If you're not careful, a hurt person will get pleasure out of your pain. Ah, and while healing has to take place, it is not God's will for us to get pleasure out of somebody else's pain. Even if they hurt us, y'all don't want me to preach, but I'm coming through it. Even if they hurt us, you should never get joy out of somebody's pain because they hurt you. But there's something about pain that'll make you say, if I hurt, I want them to hurt. And that's a sign that you are not here. That's a sign that you are not well. Because when you well, the good side of being well is I want you to be doing good even if I'm getting myself together. Y'all ain't saying what I'm saying. Oh, that's the good side of being well. When you're well, even if I got to get myself together, it's no good to all of us to be stuck. All of us to be in pain. Y'all ain't hearing me what I'm saying. It's a trap. And so many times the worst thing you can do as a person who has caused pain on others is to drown in the sorrow of what has happened. 
I know, I know people have taught you to feel bad so much that you can't get yourself together. But the devil is killing people over mistakes they made yesterday. The devil is taking people out. And this is one of the things that David is saying here because when they thought about stoning him, it says David found strength in the Lord his God and encouraged himself. So what it looks like is he's saying, I'm not, I care for you. I hurt you all and I know y'all got to heal. But while y'all are healing, I got to keep growing too. And there's a balance. Y'all got to hear me here. There's a balance on how to be respectful to those you've caused pain to and not allow the enemy to drown you in condemnation. Because while you have hurt someone else, the devil is not, the devil is trying to now drown you in condemnation. And David has to say to myself, I got to move forward compassionately because one thing I can't allow you to do Listen to this. I know this gets you right in that tough spot. I know it. David says, I got to give you time to forgive me. But one thing I'm not going to let you do is kill me. You can, you, can, you can have a process for forgiving me. You can have a process for overcoming the wrong I've done. But, 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 but one thing I won't let you do, David says, I won't let you kill me. Oh, y'all too quiet today. I must be in some business today. Good, thank you, Holy Ghost. I won't let you kill me. Because one thing that normally happens, that sometimes you feel so bad about what you've done, and you should be remorseful. You should apologize. You should shut up your ways. But if you're not careful, you'll feel so bad constantly about what you've done that you now allow people to kill you. Now you allow people to treat you bad. It's been 15 years since the situation but now you have allowed them to treat you like it like it happened yesterday if you're not careful they may never forgive you I hope they are they do need time but if you're not careful they'll hold that thing over your head I'm gonna preach they're gonna hold that thing over your head all your life and no matter what progress you try to make they're gonna still hold that thing over your head David says while you are healing and working on forgiving me I got the respect and compassionately encourage myself and see sometimes when you're the person who done wrong ah, y'all don't want to I've got to preach this because that's what's in the text we think David was going to cry with them forever it don't mean he's being mean but he understand if he don't move forward you can give somebody a license to treat you bad the rest of your life because you're still feeling pitiful for all the wrong you've done. And here you are, them tried to right the wrongs. I got to say it right. Try to right the wrongs and they still treating you like 10 years ago. If you're not careful, you will give people a license to kill you. Tell somebody you can forgive me, but you can't kill me that's one of the areas I got to dig in I'm not done yet I'm still working in this area because some of us will give up everything just for other people there are people who said if she can't love me then I don't want to live if he can't love me I'm going to preach I'm coming through I don't want to live and this is one of the challenges that God has with our lives that why we should share our lives with other people our lives don't belong to other people our lives belong to him. Our lives belong to God.
law. And sometimes people get suicidal and say, if I can't have you, I can't have nobody. If I can't have you, no, 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 no. You don't get to negotiate everything based on if you're going to live or not. And some of us call ourselves, let me back up here. Some people get so hurt, they start saying, I'm leaving the church. I'm doing this, I'm doing that because they're hurt so bad. I'm honoring your hurt. But sometime when you're hurt, I gotta appreciate this is very uncomfortable. But sometime when you're hurt by somebody else, you gotta be careful, be careful, because they reveal where you are. Sometime when you get hurt, oh, I got hurt from that church, and because I got hurt from the church, I don't go to any church anymore. Well, something was wrong with you. While they hurt you, it revealed that you had your faith and your trust in the wrong thing. Because if I ain't saying nothing, because if your faith and trust was in the right thing, you would have recognized they hurt me, but everybody ain't hurt you. Or because Mount Nebo on a hill hurt you. Don't mean nothing about Elizabeth Baptist Church on the corner. Oh, y'all don't want to say nothing. And people use excuses to never move on because somebody else hurt them. And what it reveals is that sometimes you put all your trust in people. And that's what happens. I understand. And I know y'all love me and I love y'all. But ain't nobody about to backslide because Pastor Joe done part. If I lost my mind, if I lost my mind and did something ungodly, if you backslide, it's a sign that your trust was in me. It's a sign that you was you were serving me more than serving God. Come on, you may be hurt. It may affect you. Come on. But you shouldn't be backing away from God. You shouldn't be backsliding from God. I'm going to stick up on this thing. Because some of us don't walk away from our first love, which is God, because our second love didn't work out. I want you to notice in the text, David encourages himself and he goes to God. So many times when you're in a hurtful situation, who you go to mean everything. What you do next mean everything. You can't quit God because somebody else hurt you. Matter of fact, the reason I'm going to God, because the only way I'm going to get through this is if he helped me through it. The only way I'm going to make it through this thing if he give me strength to make it. <laughs> you can tell somebody you can forgive me, but I'm not going to let you kill me. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you forget kill me and too many people have put all their trust in man so that when man fails it shows where their relationship with God is not all right it shows where their relationship with God is not because they had all their cars in one basket with one situation and because that thing went awry here they are not trusting God if anything when I get hurt I'm going to God if anything when everything falls apart I'm going to God come on and David recognizes while they are healing while they're healing I got to go get move my life forward it's, it's a wisdom you know I'm majoring in this season on restorations and comebacks 
You know, many people don't experience restorations and comebacks because they don't understand how strategic it is. They don't understand how intentional it is. They don't understand the guts and the boldness you got to have to tell everyone, I know I hurt you and I am remorseful, but y'all are so dangerous right now. I'm a step away. See, many times you feel so guilty, you subject yourself to the pain while somebody is going through healing. He says, no, I want to have us to come back together again is the goal. But right now there's so much pain, I'm not going to let you treat me that way. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God won't let me move forward. But some of you need to stop letting people treat you any type of way. I know if you made some mistakes, I know you've done some things that wasn't right. But after you rip people, Repented to God, apologize to them, and you're waiting and you're working through the process and you're doing good behavior and showing good actions. Sooner or later, you got, they got to let you go. That's called forgiveness. Forgiveness is when you let people go. You can't be holding people for 15 years, holding them forever, because as long as you're holding them, you're holding you. Holding up your life, holding up your progress because of what they done. And I know they hurt you, but after 15 years of telling the same story. I know it. I know I'm making the counselor and the psychologist mad because I'm preaching deliverance. I know I'm making them. The psychologist, not all of them, the, the, the one healing, all right. But I'm talking about the one that want to rebuild you every session. And have no end to no pain. Don't you understand that your pain can make somebody else rich? I'm telling you, if your pain can make somebody rich, if you don't get healed, you're going to make somebody rich. Because they're going to keep doing what they need to do to keep you in pain. And you're going to keep paying them and never grow. F- oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on, somebody. But David says, look, 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 I can't do this. I know this is a delicate situation here. He says, but I got to get myself together. So in getting himself together, he goes to Abathar the priest, and he asks for the thing called the ephod. Everybody know about the ephod? The ephod is the, is the garment, priestly garment. You know, and he, he's feeling vulnerable and exposed, and he knows he needs to have a place. He can be vulnerable. He got to have a place, so he finds a place in the presence of God with the ephod where he can actually be vulnerable. See, you can't even recover your own strength until you first be vulnerable. Some people just want to move from pain to recovery without any level of vulnerability. David has to be vulnerable, and this time of vulnerability is how he's recovered. I want you to pay attention. There's a new currency that's happening in the world. It's called transparency. It's a new currency. People are being transparent all over social media. They're being transparent in order to have exposure and notoriety. Because what they've learned to do is just to get online and tell it all. Now, I know about transparency, but if you're not careful, there's an unhealthy side of transparency. Where you don't have no decor. You have no standards. You have no sensitivity of what you tell, when you tell it, and who you tell it to. There's a side of transparency that if you're not careful, it becomes indecent. I know there are times you have to be vulnerable, but, but, but you are not to be naked in front of everybody. 
the reason you get unclothed when you go to the doctor and put on a gown because the doctor is a professional at doing what he does and only being vulnerable in that moment is necessary for the remedy but you just don't walk into places where people can't help you and become vulnerable there are people who are now telling it all all day online and you don't know they got more likes than you they got more friends than you they're getting they getting all kind of um, uh, campaigns and people inviting them places why because transparency also has a perversion that people now just start taking it off in the wrong places you got to learn to keep yourself covered until you're in the right place with the right people you ain't saying nothing oh. Y'all know what I'm preaching about. Y'all know what I'm saying. There's something in the spirit that's going on. Why you think these people, y'all don't understand why people taking off their clothes? Because it gets them attention and they go other places when you take off your clothes. Uh-huh. People are going too far with transparency. Tap your neighbor and tell them we don't need to see everything. Tell them we don't need to know everything. Tell them, tell them, hush them out sometime. Tell the right people so we don't need to need see everything. Come up! You ain't got to tell it all to everybody. You ain't saying nothing. David recognizes I gotta be vulnerable, but I gotta be vulnerable in the right spaces. We got people taking it off anywhere. Just telling it all, just ripping off their clothes and now we're seeing things we were never supposed to see. Now we're knowing things that we were never supposed to know. See, a doctor is strengthened to see stuff and still believe in who you are. He's been through enough circumstances. See, when you get in the mess around and start being vulnerable in front of inexperienced folks, Oh, you looking for a condemnation that you ain't never faced in your life. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Y'all ain't know what I'm saying. Uh, I'm preaching on something. I don't know how far I'm going to go with this thing. I'm preaching on this stuff. I'm in the spirit realm on this stuff. <laughs> I'm in the spirit realm on this stuff. <laughs> I know you thought you was going to take your ministry and me preach on it because it's gospel. I'll leave the other stuff at FAMU alone. <laughs> uh, taking pictures by the statue. I'll deal with that later, but that's in the spirit realm too, but I'll leave that alone too. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'll leave that alone, but I already said the principle, <laughs> but I mess with the preacher <laughs> who, who want to take advantage of his church being robbed uh, and having on almost a million dollars worth of jewelry. And then I'm going to preach about it. Let me go here. Let me just say it from a gospel point of view. No pastor let me say it. Let me clarify it while I'm in this and I'm going to come back to the other part. But no pastor who really shepherds the heart of God and the shepherd of the flock of God, if he is wealthy, don't share that wealth with his church. By no means are you weighing over $400,000 worth of jewelry on a Sunday morning in a storefront church with a iPod camera. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. That's how you know when things are out of line. Well, pastor, you don't know him. I know him by the fruity bear. Don't tell me I don't know a real shepherd would never not have enough wealth and share that with his congregation his congregation should not be naked <laughs> 20 people in an iPad and now try to use exposure for notoriety y'all ain't saying nothing people are taking it off for the wrong reasons tell somebody say cover this thing up say cover it up David said I'm gonna cover this thing up and he gets in prayer how you think 
you gonna recover without talking to God? How you think you gonna get your life back without talking to God? The one who made you, the one who knows your steps. How you think you gonna get healing in your marriage, in your family without talking to God? He puts on the garment and get clothed. I just want to prophesy to somebody say get ready. See you can't be living your life unready. When he puts on the garment he's getting ready. Uh, he's coming from a hard situation but tell someone I'm getting ready I'm getting ready I'm coming from some pain but I'm getting ready come on you can't be walking around naked all your life and what we've do what we've done and we've allowed with this perversion of transparency we've allowed people to just be naked anywhere and then don't mess around with somebody who think just like you and they'll be talking about yeah I get naked too I tell it like an IS is. Well, sometimes you need to be quiet. Everything don't need to be told. I keep saying that. Maybe somebody here talk too much. I don't know. But sometimes you don't need to tell everything to everybody. I don't know who I'm doing. Need some wisdom. The Bible guards your words with discretion. David gets that and he's vulnerable in prayer. He's also vulnerable with Abathar. Why is he running with Abathar? Because Abathar is a priest. He has the skill set to understand vulnerability. He gets in the ephod. He begins to pray. And what happens in prayer, uh, as God is dealing with you about your past, tell somebody, everybody got a pass. Everybody got a pass. Everybody got a pass. See, that's why I don't be preaching like, that's why I don't preach like, People only hurt you. Because it makes you think like you didn't hurt nobody. See, we like to preach on that side. God gonna get all those people who hurt you and everybody who hurt you. And everybody who hurt you, God's gonna get them. And you got a sister over here and a sister over here. And they're like, yeah, God's gonna get you. Because you hurt me. No. Cause you can't act like you, everybody just hurt you. Sometime through the life, you've hurt somebody. You hurt somebody. And how do you manage these things? David's in prayer. I gotta move. David's in prayer, and sometimes you gotta align, realign your soul back to God. See, in prayer, this is how important to pray. Cause if you can't hear God, you can't see right. In the word, in the word heart, you have another word, which is ear. In the word heart, you have another word, which is hear. But if you're not in the presence of God, he can't deal with your heart so that you can hear through your spiritual ear. And what happens when you are delirious, if you're not careful, if you ain't in prayer, you hear all kind of stuff. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. Oh, there have been times in my life before prayer, I thought I heard God. Before prayer, I thought I heard God. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all act like y'all always hear God clearly. Y'all act like y'all always hear God clearly. There's been times that after getting in prayer, I found out what I heard wasn't God at all. I heard myself. Because when you hurt, you will start hearing yourself. When you hurt, you will start hearing stuff that feels good and sounds good, but it may not be God. 
David gets in prayer, and when he's in prayer, he has to align himself back with God. And this is what it sounds and feels like. And he says, he asks a question. Uh, what verse is that? Go to, go, to, go to verse. I want you to see the verse. When he says, shall I pursue after this truth? Verse 8. Verse 8. David said, inquired of the Lord, said, shall I pursue after this truth? That's verse 8. May I pursue after this truth? Shall I overtake them? There's sometimes you don't lost confidence in your ability to win. You know, Lord, I done made some mistakes, huh? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you lose confidence in your ability to complete the task. David, number one, is not sure if God is with him. And then number two, he's not sure if he still has the skill set to get the job done. There's times in your life, because of mistakes and things you've done, you lose confidence in yourself. Do I have the ability to even do this? Do I have the ability? You tell me, shall I pursue, Lord? And if I pursue, will I recover? Will I win this battle? Will I be successful in this? Do I still have the mojo? Do I still have the secret sauce? Do I still, am I out of style? Am I losing my thrust? And am I losing my, my flavor? I was hot in the 80s, but now in the 2000s, I done lost my step. I mean, my God, I used to have it. Oh, you never, I used to have it. Things used to happen for me. But lately, I've been on a downward trend. God, is, are you still with me? Can I do it? Can I be successful? There's nothing I like trying to get your confidence back when you felt like you were once good, but now you out of style. Yeah. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all ain't saying nothing. David says, I, I need to get my soul to line so I can get my confidence back. Tell somebody I'm getting my confidence back. Yeah, getting my confidence back. He's getting his confidence back because now he's in prayer and God is revealing to him why he made it through these things. Tell somebody to say there's more in you. That's the reason why your past didn't kill you because there's more in you. That's why God didn't even give up on you when you made mistakes. Sometimes the confirmation that God is with you in your future is that he didn't get rid of you yesterday. Now I'll catch it in the morning. You will catch it in the morning. I said you'll catch it in the morning. You'll catch it. The fact that he has kept you alive through your mistakes, through your backsliding, and through your misbehaving, the fact that you're still here is confirmation that God, I feel the Holy Ghost, tell him God's interested in my future. God is interested. He's not just the God that preserved me in my past, but he's the God who's interested in my future. Give me two minutes. I feel the Holy Ghost. When David gets in prayer, not only does God remedy the past, God start prophesying to him about his future. God's beginning to tell him, not only do I want you to pursue, but you're going to recover all. And without fail, you're going to win everything. I want to talk to somebody who's coming through some mistakes. I want to talk to somebody who's coming through some personal letdowns where you don't lost confidence in your own self. But God wants to prophesy that he's interested in my future. Tap yourself and say, God's interested in my future. God begins to talk to. Imagine talking to God. Let me slow down. God help. Imagine being overwhelmed by yesterday. Imagine being overwhelmed by yesterday. 
talking to God about, I don't know if I can do this. And God be talking to start responding to you about, you better move forward because I already guarantee victory. <laughs> Tell your neighbor you better get over yesterday. <laughs> you better get yourself together from your mistakes <laughs> because God <laughs> is in your future. <laughs> and he tells David, <laughs> go and pursue <laughs> and recover all. Tell somebody, recover all. <laughs> Stand to your feet, I'm almost done. Give me my last point here. <laughs> Some of y'all wondering what God's doing. <laughs> God's in your future right now. You sitting here worrying about what you're being and what you're being through, and God's in your future. He says, David, get yourself out of crying. Get yourself out of talking about what you done lost. Because if you're not careful, you'll keep talking about what you done lost. I done lost my 20s. I done lost my 30s. And now you done relegated yourself to, to being a historian of the past. You tell these other sisters, sister, if you know like I know, don't miss your time. Because when I was 40, I didn't do right. And all you know now is telling people off of the sadness of your opportunity. But God say, not so. I don't care how old you are. I'll give you a brand new day while you're 80. I'll give you a brand new day while you're 55. If you're still alive, God's interested in your future. God's interested in bringing you up and out of it. If you're still alive, give God praise. I'm telling you, shout there's more in me. Say there's more in me. I'm going to pray. <laughs> Say there's more in me. That's why God keep talking to you in spite of everything because there's more in you. That's why God has forgiven you time and time again because there's more in you. And while I got a relationship, I got to go back to this point and I'm going home. I'm going home. While I have great relationship with people, God's word about me triumph over everything else. I said, while I got great relationship with people and I do value what people say, what God has to say about me means everything. And some of us listen to people more than we listen to God. Lift your hands. I feel it. I'm going to finish. I feel that to go back to the point that God is forgiving. For means pro. God is pro giving. Giving what? Second chances. Giving what? Mercy. Oh, y'all got God. <laughs> Almost went back. Prophet Parish. I was like, y'all got God bent. That's what I was going to say. Y'all know what bent mean crooked. Y'all got God bent. But God is for restoration. God is for turning things around. See, y'all got God. Y'all got God mistaken. Oh, oh Y'all got God messed up. Don't, don't you understand how God responds? When a man repents and turns his life to God, have you not read about the prodigal son spent all his living with riotous living, came home and said he was going to be a slave and the father said, no, you're not. You're not going to be no slave. Put a robe on his garments, put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. See, we're confused about God. 
God has forgiven us and I keep hearing that I got other points but I'm done for the day even while you're waiting for people to forgive you make sure you are spending time with God while you're waiting for things to heal while you're waiting for things to work out while you respectfully wait for people to recover make sure you're in the presence of God because there's more in you I feel led to talk to the person who made mistakes today who mismanaged seasons mismanaged opportunities that's what I want to talk to we like to only talk to victims but God like to talk to perpetrators that's all we want to talk to is victims but God want to talk to perpetrators God wants to let them know I can forgive you I can build you back up I can clean you and make you presentable again I can get your act together if you trust me I know you made mistakes I know you didn't follow what you were supposed to follow but I'm the God of your future I don't know why I'm so strong on this today and we got God bent I'm going to say it again we got God bent we don't understand how much God loves to forgive God loves to forgive so much that he passes on his forgiveness policy to us he loves to forgive oh y'all confused we know God is terrible and he's a full of wrath but God doesn't like to bring judgment he will bring judgment that's not his first nature his first nature is mentioned in Genesis 1 he could have left the world like it was but he wanted to introduce himself as a renaissance God as a revolutionary God and he took a world that was much of nothing and day by day five days he dealt with the world and piece by piece he reshaped it it's a sign of who God is he didn't walk away from it you say well pastor he the one created the world that's right he created that way on purpose to give us a demonstration of who he really is we're confused God the Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave what you tell me even when we were yet sinners Christ died for the ungodly who dies who I feel the Holy Ghost who dies for the ungodly in advance I said who dies for the ungodly in advance no no that don't even make sense I die when you get right I die when you start acting right but Jesus died for the whole world in hope that they would change. And we think God ain't merciful. God is forgiving. He is forgiving, giving life, giving opportunity. And he passes on us. They're wondering what to do about forgiveness. And he says, I need to forgive them 77 times seven. They're like, Lord, help our unbelief that's what the disciple says and y'all need to read the scripture what he says to them next he says I, I'm not helping your unbelief that's, you gotta read the text we like to say when he say Lord help our unbelief now read the rest of it he says I ain't, you don't need faith for this you need to do it by obedience don't you understand he says no read the story go look it up when you get home go look it up 
he gives a story about a parable of a servant who's out there working and when he comes in and he's hungry and the master says feed me although the other person is hungry he feeds his master first why does it because his master has told him to feed him first and then after that he can eat what is he trying to say he says do what you're told to do you he says when it comes to forgiveness what he's telling us to do is to do it Lord give me faith give me faith God say faith if you really need faith to forgive just look at your own self I said if you need faith to forgive somebody else look at your own self and if you think you that grand that you deserve all of God's mercy something's wrong with you if you think you're that wonderful that you deserve all of God's kindness something's wrong with you so if you really need some faith just look at yourself and how merciful he's been can we give God a worship and a praise often right there for the mercy he has for us I don't know why I'm feeling strong today about mercy and forgiveness I dare you to praise him that's good sir I dare, I dare you to praise him for the mercy he's been given to you and the kindness he's given to you and the love and the tenderness he's given to you come on if you if you can remember how good he's been to you maybe you can be good to somebody else hey I feel mercy flowing and forgiveness flowing and I want to say this as a prophetic word to some of you there are some people who are going to actually do better when you forgive them. I feel a torment that's on other people's lives because some people are withholding forgive, for, holding forgiveness. You're holding it and they are tormented because they want to do better and they want to love you and they want to get it right. But the spirit of condemnation is so present they don't even feel like they can do better but I'm, I'm telling you here with the Holy Spirit that there are some people going to do better when you forgive them we hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them you can find more information by following them on social media just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church and we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.